0: But every crusade that we have, you know, you you see the the deaf hearing, the cripples walking, you know, the blind seeing, um, you know, people who have been hunched over for decades, unable to straighten their backs, you know, their backs straightening out. <music> Him with everything that you are. Pursue Him, and He will show you.
1: Hey there, everyone. I am Jenny Rose. I'm your host today for the Charisma Connection. And in the studio today, I have with me a very special guest, Tamron Clintworth. And Tamron is a crusade evangelist in South Africa, and she has some incredible testimonies and stories of God's faithfulness and what he's doing in her ministry. But before we do that, Tamron, do you want to just say hi to our listeners this morning and maybe share a little bit about
0: yourself? Yes. Well, hello, listeners. I'm, I'm <laughs> thrilled to be here. I always love speaking about Jesus. Um, so yes, so may the Lord lead and guide our conversation and may what we speak about really inspire Amen. Um, everybody out there to go for it. Amen. Um, in the name of our Lord and Savior, and to win the lost for Him.
1: <laughs> Amen. I love your passion for Jesus. It's so incredible. It just shines in your face. Listeners, you can't see her face, but it is shining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it helps that I'm blonde as well. So. <laughs> that might be part of it. <laughs> there we go. Natural glow.
1: <laughs> so, Tamron, I'm really interested in knowing your story. So we know you're an evangelist and you're on fire for God, but how did that happen? Did you know you would always be an mm-hmm. evangelist?
0: Jenny, I was blessed to be brought up in a, in a godly home, you know, blessed oh, to be great. raised by godly parents. And I'm so, so grateful for that. Um, so I still remember receiving the Lord as my Savior at the age of five. Wow. Um, went to a wonderful church, um, went to a wonderful children's church in that church. And every service they would make an altar call for salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember going forward in the one service and saying, yes, I want this Jesus. I don't understand everything about him, but I want him um i was 5 i remember that moment um and the lord was so faithful from that moment just to to draw me to himself and to keep me close to his heart wow. um so i fell in love truly fell in love with the lord really as a as a teenager um, and just loved him with everything that was in me and always felt a pull towards ministry, but always assumed it would be to believers because I had never known what it was like to be an unbeliever.
1: Wow. You know, yeah. I had never
0: known darkness. I had only ever known light. I had only ever known Jesus. And all the evangelists that I knew had some hectic testimony you know they had either <laughs> been on drugs or in prison yes those are the evangelists i knew these men and these women who really had a story of christ pulling them out of some horrific pit and i never had that so when i felt this pull towards ministry i just assumed and assumptions are dangerous things i just assumed it would be to minister to believers mm. and then i got to the end of my school career And I hadn't received any specific direction from the Lord. And I grew up in a very academic family. My father has his doctorate in engineering. Um, And my sister and I, just the two girls, we were never really given a choice. You know, after school, Mm -hmm. you go to university and you get a good degree behind your name. And then you carry on from there. So I hadn't received any direction from the Lord and was looking through the different degrees that were my options, and I had always loved languages. Um, So I picked law, and I started doing a law degree, waiting to hear from the Lord. Um, Did some part-time courses at a local Bible school and just carried on loving him and pursuing him and working on my relationship with him. Um, You know, and that's a, a bit of advice, you know, for anybody out there who is Still waiting to hear from the Lord as to what they are called to do. The best thing you can do is keep loving him with everything that you are. Pursue him and he will show you. Um, so it was a four-year degree, a four-year law degree, and I was in the third year of that degree. Um, and my mother had connected with Christ for All Nations, the Ministry of Evangelist Reinhard Bonko yes. um, and Daniel Kalender. Daniel wasn't really around then yet at that okay. stage. Um, but uh, my mother had connected with the ministry, and she had been invited to go up on one of their gospel crusades as a guest. Mm. You know, they, they still take groups up for people to experience these massive gospel crusades. She had been invited to go. And she didn't want to go alone. It was to Nigeria. Um, and even though we are South Africans, um, Nigeria is, is very different to South Africa. Um, yes. you know, it, it, it is true Africa. You know, South Africa's very first world Africa. Nigeria's is, is proper Africa. She didn't want to go by herself, so I was her roommate. I was, I was dragged along um, to <laughs> Nigeria along with her because she wanted to experience this gospel crusade. Yeah. Um, and on the first night, I'll never forget, 100,000 people gathered on the crusade ground. I still remember Evangelist Reinhard Bonnke apologizing to the guests because he said the crowd was too small and he promised us that it would grow. Um, I had never seen that many people gathered together in my life. Um, I was absolutely astounded, um, completely felt out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, I was a, a, a raised a, a middle-class Um, you know, girl, the shopping mall was my second home, Um, you know, Africa with the dust and the chaos, you know, I felt very much out of place. You know, little did I know this is what the Lord was calling (laughs) me to. And the Lord has a sense of humor. Yes. Um, And I remember so clearly when Evangelist Bonka picked up the microphone and uh, any of our listeners who know his ministry will know that he always starts off with a A bellowing hallelujah, you know, the kind of hallelujah that that shakes, you know, the spiritual realm. And I can just imagine all the little demons, you know, running for cover. They know what's coming. And he gave that hallelujah. And I just started sobbing uncontrollably. And I am generally unemotional, you know, for a woman. Um, I, I, I'm half German, so maybe that <laughs> is a role to play. But usually I'm able to keep my emotions, you know, together intact. You know, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a big crier. And I just started crying. Wow! Something inside of me was connecting with what this man was doing. And night after night, it was a five-night crusade. I was a wreck, an emotional wreck. I didn't know what was going on. Everything inside of me um, was attracted to what I was seeing. You know, these massive crowds, tens of thousands calling on the name of the Lord. Right. And I kept on saying to myself, but Tamron, you're not an evangelist. You're not an evangelist. You you know, you, you only have ever known Jesus. You've got no testimony to share. You know, what will you share with people? You've got no testimony. You're not an evangelist. And then on the final night, all the guests got an opportunity to go up in a little device they call the Genie. It, it basically elevates the fan Photographers app about three stories so they can okay. take those panoramic crowd shots mm-hmm. that Christful Nations are so well known for. And all the guests now got a chance to go up in this little device to see from the top, you know, from a bird's eye's eye view, what the crowd looked like. By that stage, the crowd had grown to half a million people. Oh my. Yes, oh my. Evangelist Bonko was a little bit happier then <laughs> that the crowd had grown. Yeah. <laughs> so my turn came to go up in the genie, um, and I looked down at this massive crowd, hundreds of thousands calling on the name of the Lord, waves of salvation, healing, deliverance. And the Lord spoke to me so clearly, and He says, This is what I've called you to do. This. Mm. Um, and I, I was really shell-shocked. Um, it, it, was, it was a big assignment. This was, this was not a small assignment. Um, and I came down, that genie um, returned to South Africa in a daze, um, sat down with my poor father, that said, oh. Daddy, <laughs> the Lord <laughs> hath spoken. <laughs> my father comes from good missionary stock, you know, so he understands the call of the Lord. Um, you know, back in his family, they originally came from Germany as missionaries. Oh, wow. Um, so he understands the call, you know, on someone's life to go into the mission field. Um, so after a very honest conversation, we agreed I would finish the degree and then I would launch out with his blessing. And I thought that was quite a good deal. <laughs> so I took <laughs> it. <laughs> so while I was finishing my degree, I went out and I started learning how to evangelize.
1: Wow. You know, I say this
0: to my shame, but up until that point, I had not yet won one soul for the Lord. Wow. I, Just because you had
1: never thought about I, it, or? I,
0: it? It's odd. I've heard people say, you can't love Jesus and not want to share him, but you can. Mm. I loved him with everything that was in me, but he was on the inside. It was a private relationship. Right. I never felt compelled to share him, I was very private in my walk with him. Very, very private. And so I had to learn how to witness to the one. Wow. You know, the spirit, I think, was telling me that you, I can't trust you to preach to the thousands if you haven't yet preached
1: right. to the one.
0: And that must have been a hard transition. How did you do that? It was hard. I, it was. It was. I was petrified. You know, to be yeah. honest, I, I still remember. I got a little Kenneth Copeland book called Welcome to the Family. I still think they print them to this day. And that little book explains the gospel message because I had never explained the gospel message to anybody before, mm. to anybody. So I read this book and I think the law student inside of me kicked in. So I, I studied that book coming I mean, see if I was going to write a test on it. I knew it back to front and front to back. Um, And then I would go out on the streets there in South Africa. You know, our crime rate is a little bit higher than here in America. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yes. So so in in the car parks, we have security guards who watch the cars to ensure there's no break-ins. So I started with the security guards. I would go from security guard to security guard. And I'll never forget the first one I ever approached. He had a bright yellow hat. And I remember going to him, not knowing how to start this conversation, and just blurting out, "Do you know Jesus?" Oh my goodness! How did he react to that? Amazingly well. you looked wow. at me, and he said, um, "Can you can you tell me more?" So, so I went for it. I, I wow. recited that whole Kenneth Copeland "Welcome to the Family" book. And he accepted the Lord.
1: Oh my goodness. I'm the first person. I'm the you first approached. person. You know, wow. God is so good. Yes. He's so
0: gracious. I think he knew I needed
1: encouragement. And that's a- confirmation. confirmation. For sure. And I
0: remember walking away from him and thinking, it works. It <laughs> works. The gospel works. You just have to share it. Mm-hmm. And it works. Um, so I I did a lot of one on one evangelism. You know, then my confidence grew. I started going into the local high schools. I'm preaching to the kids. I started having small mini crusades on university campuses. Mm. Um, And then when I finished university, I spent all my savings on buying a thousand-seater tent. It had massive blue and red stripes. You couldn't miss it. Um, And I I would pitch this tent, and I would preach, you know, rent community halls. Mm -hmm. And the Lord was faithful, started building a team around me. Um, And now, now we are flying. And now our crusades draw tens of thousands and tens of thousands are calling on the name of the Lord at one time. And we are absolutely overwhelmed at the faithfulness of God. And if I'm proof of anything, you know, I'm proof of the fact that if the Lord calls and you respond and you are obedient, even though the beginning will be very small and very humble, um, if you are faithful, God will raise you up um, and he will be true to his promises.
1: Amen. Wow, that is such an incredible way how God (laughs) raised you up from just this little five-year-old girl who loved Jesus to this passionate preacher of righteousness who shares the gospel with anyone. That is encouraging. And listeners, I hope that encourages you because it definitely (laughs) encourages me. So let me ask you, you... Your ministry now, it's called In His Name. Correct. Correct. So tell me a little bit more about your ministry. Where are you located? What exactly do you do? Yes.
0: Well, In His Name ministries exist for the purpose of proclaiming Jesus. You know, that's why it's called In His Name. Amen. Because we are all about His name, lifting His name on high. Um, And our primary vision is to win Africa for Jesus through mass crusades. Um, we have five to six of these crusades a year. I look forward to the day when we can have more a year, when we can have one every month. Mm. Um, and then besides that, um, we also exist to equip the body of Christ for evangelism, to inspire and to empower. Um, God has called every believer to be used mightily by him. Mm-hmm. He needs every believer wherever they may be, whether that's in the school, university, the workplace, on the streets, in the shopping centres, he needs every believer to be on fire in love with him, sharing Jesus wherever they go, right. lay hands on the sick and seeing miracles. Yeah, he wants to work through every believer with power. Um, so we are also passionate about bringing that message across.
1: So, how do you do that? How do you equip these believers? Maybe, what if believers feel like they're they don't know what to say or yes. they're shy or you know how do
0: you how do you equip them? Yes, I'm of the firm belief that. Evangelism is not taught; it's caught. Mm. Um, That's good. Uh, you know, my my life is a is a testimony to that. Um, you know, my, my experience, what I went through at that crusade of evangelist bonker, um, it transformed me. I went from closet Christian to red hot witness in a moment. Right. In a moment, through an encounter with the Lord. Um, so I travel all over the world and I preach, I preach in churches, I preach in conferences, um, and I, I light fires. Um, I teach a lot on the Holy Spirit. I teach a lot on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. When believers really understand what it means to be baptized with the Spirit of God, that it means that we have been saturated with God, that we are dripping with Him, with his power, with his presence, with his personality. If one gets a revelation of that, one cannot help oneself. Jesus will just naturally come out. And we will be able to share him without any nerves or shyness or self-awareness because we will understand that if we are somewhere because we have been filled with God, Mm -hmm. it is like Jesus himself is in that place. Um, So I teach a lot on the Holy Spirit. I've written a book called Spirit of Fire that teaches believers on the baptism, teaches believers how to partner with the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's great. You know, I'll teach on the baptism and then I'll teach that this really means that we have become partners with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has become our partner in the miraculous. And while he brings the power of God, he needs our words and he needs our touch. So if we speak about Jesus, if we pray for people in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit within us, he wraps himself around our words and turns them into mighty vessels of deliverance. Mm. You know, he flows through our fingers and we just have to cooperate with him. And if we cooperate with him, we will see miracles through our lives. We will see miracles of salvation, of healing, of, of chains cracking. Um, so I teach once you have been baptized, now what do you do? You are now meant to partner with the Spirit. What does that look like? So I teach, I teach, I teach on all of this. And then I believe in laying on hands. Mm. Then then I pray for people, you know, whether that's en masse. Um, at our crusades, the crowds are too big. You know, we can always, we, we always pray en masse. But whenever I actually get to physically lay hands on people, I do that with all my heart. If they're not yet filled with the Spirit, we get them filled with the Spirit. If they're already filled, it's just, uh, gosh, it's just getting them that revelation of what right. it means to be filled. You know, it's it's giving the Holy Spirit an opportunity to, to kick them out of their armchair. Amen. And, you know, and, 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 Amen. And, and, and opening their eyes to the fact that they have been filled with the fire of God. What are they waiting right. for? Um, they have to get going. Um, so in his name as a ministry, we registered in South Africa, we registered in the United States, United Kingdom. Um, so I I travel and I preach. I preach about Jesus, getting people on fire for him. You know, if a church invites me to come and have more of an evangelistic campaign, I do that with all my heart, you know, then it's pure gospel. There you, you go. You know, and we pray for healing, we see incredible miracles. Um, you know, miracles are, are so easy. Um, mm. We just have to pray in the name of Jesus, in Amen. his name. And then we step back and we watch God be God. Amen. And
1: speaking <laughs> of miracles, what are some of the biggest miracles or salvation testimonies that you've seen God do through your ministry? Can you think of any specific stories mm. that have just really stood out to you?
0: Yes. Gosh, Jenny Rose, you know, there's so many um it it's it's incredible at every crusade that we have you know you you see the the deaf hearing the cripples walking you know the mm-hmm. blind seeing um you know people who have been hunched over for decades unable to straighten their backs you know their backs straightening out you know one testimony that has always stuck with me um is the story of a of a girl who wasn't yet filled with the spirit who was saved wasn't yet filled with the spirit and came to our crusade on crutches because she had broken her ankle. It was about 10 years before. Wow. And the doctors had not operated on her ankle properly and it had never healed. You know, this is a big problem in third world countries. Right. Um, You know, the medical care, often it can be very good, but sometimes it's not good. Um, And you you see this amazingly often, you know, bones not being set properly properly. So she had been walking on crutches um, for a decade. She was a young woman in her early 30s. And she testified, and I will never forget what she said because it was such a unique testimony. Um, We pray in our crusades for the baptism of the Holy Spirit in every crusade. And what had happened is during the prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, she had now raised her hands to receive the baptism. And she said that as she as she was filled with the spirit, and as this river of new tongues came out of her mouth, she said, as this happened to her, she felt a cold sensation hit that ankle, that ankle she had not been able to walk on for so many years. And I think I still remember it because this idea of this cold sensation. Right, that's you know, different. we think fire, yeah. heat. A cold sensation hit her ankle. And in that moment, her ankle was completely healed. Wow. So she was filled with the spirit. Her anchor was healed. And in that moment, we we weren't even praying for healing. We were <laughs> praying for the infilling of the spirit. Right. So for me, it's such a beautiful testimony because it just shows the enthusiasm that God has to touch and to heal.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: we we always pray then for healing after we pray for the baptism, but it was like the spirit was so excited. He yes. couldn't wait until yes. we got to the prayer for healing. You know, as he filled her, he healed her at the same time. And she came up on stage and she was jumping on this ankle with force, you know, to oh the my, extent that yeah. I wanted to say, just, 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 just maybe <laughs> give it an hour. You know, let, let, let the, let the ankle, you know, realize that yeah. it is now whole. Jumping on this ankle, speaking in this heavenly language, her life just completely transformed um, so we we see very special stories. Uh, another testimony: a young man he got saved at our crusade, and he had many years ago been so overwhelmed with depression that he had tried to commit suicide, and he had jumped off a bridge and broken mm. his leg. And he was also on crutches because the leg had never healed properly. And our crusade, he got saved; that spirit of depression lifted off of him, and that leg was perfectly healed. All in a moment. Oh, my goodness. All in a moment. And this young man testified with such excitement and such emotion. You know, people who are skeptical of miracles, and I don't blame them because, you know, there is a, gosh, there there are funny things sometimes going on, you know, in the body of Christ. But people who are skeptical, if they would just see the expressions on the faces of those Hmm. who really are touched by God— one can never question it. One one cannot fake that. It is the most real, extraordinary thing. Um, and we give God all the glory. We we never get over these miracles. You know, Amen. every every crusade, every service, I I stand with my mouth agape. Wow. And I go, wow, wow, Jesus, you are amazing what you achieved for us on the cross has delivered us from every foul weapon of the devil, whether that be sin or sickness or depression or fear, his blood set us free from every wicked thing. Amen. Um, And we can rejoice in that. And we need to preach that message with passion and we need to be unashamed of that message. Amen.
1: And now I'm going to make an assumption because you're doing all of these. Well, not just you, but your ministry mm-hmm. is doing all these great things through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You're seeing miracles. You're seeing salvations. Yes. I'm going to assume that you've probably encountered some spiritual warfare throughout this. <sighs> you know, the, and the, I just want to ask you about yes. that. How do you? What do you encounter with the spiritual mm-hmm. warfare? And then how do you deal with that?
0: Yes. To be honest, Jenny Rose, I, I just... Keep my focus on Jesus and okay, the Spirit. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't pay much attention to the devil. I, I cast him out. Mm-hmm. You know, left, right, and center. Um, but I don't let him bug me. Um, Amen. <laughs> you know, at, uh, our, our last crusade, our crusade actually that we've we've just had in Hosani, Ethiopia, there um, uh, another very precious testimony took place that I think will forever stick in my mind. One of those, um, a witch doctor had come to the crusade grounds. And he had really sold his soul to the devil. He had never married, never had children, um, probably was in his 50s, maybe his early 60s. And he came to the crusade ground to cause mischief. You know, he came Mm. with his juju, he came with his animal bones, um, his witchcraft items. And he came to cause mischief, he came to cause trouble. Um, And I was preaching my heart out. I was thoroughly enjoying it, you know, preaching the gospel, lifting the name of Jesus on high, you know, in my Holy Spirit bubble and... I was was doing what needed to be done, and the only reason we know he was there is because he came to testify afterwards. Hmm. Um, he said, "I came to the crusade field with all my my witchcraft. I came to cause trouble, you know. And, and when they come to cause trouble, they come to cause serious trouble. You know, they don't play games. The, the 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 demonic realm is incredibly powerful. I mean, there are witch doctors in Africa and around the world, but I know I know Africa because I minister so much in Africa. Right. There are witch doctors who are renowned. If they put a curse on you today, you will die tomorrow. You will die. It is, it is fact. Um, the, the demonic realm is incredib- incredibly powerful. There is incredible power there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact is, if we know Jesus and if we're filled with his spirit, that stuff cannot touch us. It cannot. Um, so he came and he testified. He said, I came and I was trying. I was trying. I was pulling out all the stops to cause trouble. And he made the statement and he said, I could do nothing. The power of God was so strong, I could do nothing. Wow. So he ended up hearing the gospel, listening, hearing the gospel. He got saved. We burnt all of his witchcraft items. The pastors were ecstatic. Wow! They have now taken him under their wing and they're discipling him. Amen. He's became a child of God. So my my strategy, you know, which, with the demonic, um, you know, and especially on crusade because that's really, you know, when the devil... Uh, when the devil gets, I think the most, the most desperate, right? Because he knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know. I, I focus on Jesus. I focus Amen. on the Spirit. I focus who I am in Him, and knowing that I am a blood bought spirit-saturated child of the Most High God, and nothing can touch me. Amen. Nothing can touch Amen. me. We obviously have massive intercession that goes up for these crusades. You know, we have our own intercession team, all, people all over the world. Um, every crusade that we have, we have a whole intercession portfolio. Believers in that community, they come together and they pray seriously. You know, in Africa, we don't pray for hot, an hour and then we're done with it. I mean, all night pray, all night mm. pray, serious pray, serious pray goes up. Um, So I believe in the power of prayer, um, but I also believe that as a believer, a born-again believer, you can stand unafraid Amen. and say, Satan, you have got no power. You take your hands off these people and you dare not touch me because all that will happen is you will burn your filthy little fingers. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Tamron, thank you so much for sharing all this. It has been so encouraging for me and I'm sure for everyone who's listening today. But before we go, could you share where our listeners can find you on the web or on yes. social media? How can they learn more about you and
0: your ministry? Yes. and um, Well, social media, I love social media. I think it's a godsend. <laughs> um, so you you can find me on, on you know Instagram, um, Twitter, um, Facebook. Uh, my username is at TTClintworth, Clintworth with a K. Um, or search for Tamarin Clintworth. I have a very unique name. There's only one of me, you know, on all these <laughs> so, social media platforms. So, a unique name helps. Yes. Um, our website is inhisname.global. Inhisname.global. Um, on our website, we have crusade reports. Mm. Um, you know, we, we saturate it with a lot of good stuff, a lot of inspirational material, free ebook downloads. Um, you know we we love helping our fellow brother and sisters in the Lord to grow in the Lord, um, and then I also have a blog, TamaraClintworth.com. Oh, wonderful! Um, but if you go to our website, In His Name Global, you know one can find links to all of these different things. Um, so so please, listeners, uh, connect with me. Um, you know, let's win Africa for Jesus together. Yes. Um, and then let uh, let my story of God taking a a little girl from South Africa, you yes. know, and turning it, her into a red hot crusade evangelists in Africa inspire you that, gosh, God can do anything with anyone. He's not restricted by 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 age, by education, by gender, um, by ethnicity. He is not restricted. If our God calls, he will do.
1: Amen. That is amazing. Tamron, thank you again. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. Again, visit inhisname.global and be sure to tune in next time to the Charisma Connection. Children are being bought and sold for sex in the United States every minute of every day. That's the horrible truth. But people of faith are mobilizing to stop this nightmare, starting in their own communities. The Shared Hope International Just Faith Summit is a three-day conference hosted at Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota, June 20th through the 22nd. Join like-minded individuals who share your passion for justice and your commitment to end the sexual exploitation of children and youth. This interactive event is designed to equip, connect, and inspire people of faith to learn more about the issue of human trafficking and what individuals and communities can do to stop this horrific crime. Just visit JustFaithSummit.org to find out more. That's JustFaithSummit.org to register now. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network.